0: Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of View from the Pool. I'm delighted to welcome Helen Metcalf of Right Directions. Isn't that right, Helen?
1: It is indeed. Hello, Robin.
0: How are you this evening?
1: Not bad. How are yeah. you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. It's it's just interesting times with all this change in COVID and travel restrictions at the minute. It's, it's kind of hard to keep up with. You know, tier ones, tier twos, tier threes, tier, tier fours, and then you've Scotland and you've Wales and you've Northern Ireland and Ireland. You know, if you look at the the whole of the the British Isles, it's just a complete jumble and a mess at the minute.
1: It is. You, yeah, <laughs> what you, do you you're, want to say to that? Well, well, I can't solve it. Well,
0: no, I know you can't. But it's you're out of it at the minute. You're sitting in the <laughs> Netherlands.
1: I am indeed. It's not much better, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Well, so what's the situation <laughs> there?
1: We have one global tier, which is called a five-week lockdown over Christmas.
0: All right. <laughs> and that's so it. that's ki- that's kind of like Northern Ireland, except we have a six-week lockdown.
1: Yeah, we pipped you by a week. One achievement.
0: The Dutch. Okay, so what does that mean? The lockdown for you is that is that shops closed, travel restrictions? What does it mean?
1: Yeah. So. I mean, I don't really go out much, so it's not that much of a problem, but...
0: Hang on, I'll get my violin <laughs>
1: Uh All shops, except for essential shops, are closed. And then everything else on top of it, really. So bars, restaurants, venues. Um, I think you can go outdoors with up to two people. Again, mm-hmm. I don't really have many friends, so yeah. <laughs> it's not a problem. Billy,
0: Billy knew me. It. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's Amazon then, big time.
1: Amazon only came out here, I think, in March. So it's oh, right. not that big they have something called bowl
0: okay is that as good
1: i don't know i don't oh, have an don't address know. either oh. i'm a bit of a hermit. <laughs> <Lipstick. laughs> i'm not joking
0: <laughs> so okay before we get into a bit about yourself and right directions etc cetera, etc cetera, how long have you been out there for now
1: i've been out here nearly two months so we came out beginning of november so just as the uk was locking down we came out thought we had a bit of freedom mm-hmm. laughed our way out of that um yeah. and then yeah, in the same situation really. And I think the Dutch were the first to shut their borders to the Brits this weekend. Yep. So
0: is it the Netherlands of the No, it's the Danes, isn't it? Have the thing with the the Mink. So you're there for a while anyway, um and you won't be home for Christmas. You won't be doing the Chris Rea.
1: No. Although you I just, heard he did a U turn on the M twenty five, didn't he?
0: He probably did. He probably did. One one of my <laughs> heroes. Joke. He probably did. Okay, so you're out, I presume, doing your work online, et cetera. But I was just thinking, because I knew I was going to be talking to you today, I was trying to remember the first time I met you. Oh, dear. And it, it took me a little while. And then all of a sudden, I remembered about, I think it would have been the Lido and all the shop
1: Where I gave you the wrong postcode.
0: Yes, yes, and I seem to remember following you in a car that was going about a hundred miles an hour trying to keep up with you.
1: I don't know what you mean Robin.
0: (laughs) Going going from A to B, whatever it was, but that wasn't yesterday and and you were a very, you always struck me as a very ambitious young lady at the time. Now that's not saying you're still young and not ambitious. Thanks. But that, that must have been around 2009, 2010. So it yeah. must be 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, I think the Lido was, yeah, at least 10 years ago. might be a so little bit more, 10, 11 years.
0: Were you ops manager then? <laughs> or what no, were thank
1: you? you. I was the general manager, Robin. You were the
0: GM. Sorry, yeah. my apologies.
1: My <laughs> no apologies.
0: Worries. I actually didn't know that.
1: Oh, there you go. That's what new every day. I obviously, it wasn't I, I, very convincing at my job. <clears throat>
0: Oh no, I knew you knew your stuff, but I think maybe it was one of those things where I thought there was some poor fella who was who who maybe was a GM but you you, you had a smashing him the your stereotypes, thumb. Robin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Why not? So you were GM. Now, I. what about so that was for back that would have been DC Leisure then?
1: Yeah, was. DC yeah, I
0: think Joe Talbot sent me down to see you because she was the lifeguard manager in those days.
1: She was. Yes. She was indeed.
0: So how did you get to that point where I met you? As in what got you into your lifeguarding and your trainer assessor and the whole thing? What was it? Was there a little spark that got you to do? I presume you never did a bronze medallion.
1: I'm not that old. Thanks, Robin. Yeah.
0: When did they go out?
1: A long time ago. <laughs> A long
0: time ago. Okay, right. That's when you in my were in box. your forties, I think yeah, they went well, out. Well, I, listen, I I remember the pool lifeguard qualification coming out in about nineteen eighty-six, eighty-seven, maybe around then. Was the first time I'd ever heard of it. So, is that when the bronze medallion disappeared? Around then must be but did one just what? replace the other
1: i didn't i didn't do my history mind you were probably the not very, i'm really sorry
0: <laughs> you, you probably weren't very old around then anyway
1: yeah you'd be so right. okay
0: what what got you into that talk to me about that
1: so how did i get to be the yeah, how, gm at order shop
0: yeah how did you what what was your first step to make you stand by the side of a pool
1: so i grew up in and around pools, I used to swim to a pretty decent standard. Um, Com-
0: competitively, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was in my blood. My dad was a chief coach. I spent my life oh, right. in and out of pools. Um, one in particular, which I went back to work to work in, which I'll talk about in a okay. bit. But um when I was sixteen, all I wanted to be was a lifeguard because I'd spent okay. years swimming up and down the pool and looking at them in their ivory towers. <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah. Looking um, down at you.
1: And just wanted to work in that environment really. It's where I felt comfortable. To a point it's where I felt safe. I knew it. Yeah. I understood it. So I became a lifeguard at sixteen. And I did my assistant swimming teachers in the same year. Um, and then worked it from there. So whilst I was at college, I lifeguarded and swimming taught and earned some money. When I finished college, that money then helped me travel. Went, on, came back, went off to uni, um, and at uni I lifeguarded and swimming taught all the way through uni. Mm-hmm. So again, it helped keep my ba- bank balance in yeah. a relatively so, so decent way. Your, yeah, I mean, it,
0: it's it, you wouldn't be the first, you're not be the last to do that. It's it's a good way of acquiring pocket money, and I would say a lot would say it's better than working in retail although maybe not so many would say that now but it it's it's a great job for a young person so did you so you obviously did your pool lifeguard must have been when you were about 16 then
1: yeah yeah i did it i think i did it two weeks after my 16th birthday i was desperate to be a lifeguard yeah i was one of those people and this is going to sound really sad and if i don't have any friends now i'm never going to have any if i say this (laughs) but when i was when you go to a party and you could dress up as what you want to be when you grow up i went in red and yellows (laughs) was that bad I was that much of a lifeguard geek back then and it hasn't left my blood unfortunately. Well,
0: well it hasn't done you any harm that's for sure
1: no I enjoyed it and it served me yeah. really well and it taught me a lot of skills it taught me yeah. and it sounds really cheesy but things like working in a team and being around people like-minded people and being around people my age and re- enjoying the similar things. so yeah I really enjoyed it
0: You just to take a step back about your dad. You said your dad was a a swimming coach. Was that at the local swimming club or in the town? Yeah. And you were just kind of dragged along when you were six years of age, or you wanted to go with your daddy or whatever. But that's how long you've been involved in that.
1: Yeah. So my brothers are quite a bit older than me, and they were swimmers, and my dad was chief coach then. So he was he was on his way out of coaching when I came on the scene, but he still did it for a few more years. So yeah every saturday night every saturday day every sunday most evenings i was in and around a swimming pool
0: i I always i mean that's it's the same in our house you know Dee was a swam competitively and in and out of pools and obviously the two boys are both lifeguards now casual lifeguards so it's that's kind of tends to be a lot of conversation is about lifeguarding and drowning and music there's a combination nice for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit uh, heavy. A <laughs> bit heavy going. But you know, you're just saying, and it's funny the images you get back because obviously when I was a lifeguard, I hadn't a clue. I mean, whenever I went through my bronze medallion, as it was, I was <laughs> dragged along to the pool by my basketball coach, you know, <laughs> Wrong and place. he. he <laughs> yeah he was one of these guys that I, I played a bit of basketball badly i was I was put on to take people out I had no no real skills at all, but I could run into people well and he was one of these guys who he went to America for a month and came back with the accent, you know and he called me Robin Robin. Come here, Robin. Let's get you in the swim, and we're going to get you your bronze medallion, Mister Cole. Oh, he was yeah. Oh, he was a cool dude. He was a cool dude, Mick McCormick. I'll never forget him. But he he got me. He dragged me along to do my bronze medallion, and unwittingly that was the start of my movement into leisure over the years. So I've a lot to thank him for. But I remember as a lifeguard watching these kids in the pool every morning at five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock. Banging in like hundred and twenty lengths or whatever, up and down, paddles on all this sort of caper, and so many of those kids blow up when they're like fourteen or fifteen, don't they? Yeah, like it's just like I'm not doing this anymore.
1: Well, it is. It's kind of I don't want to swear on the on the podcast, no. but it is. It, it's shit or bust. Really, yeah. So no,
0: you can <laughs> say shit. That's okay. <laughs> okay,
1: thanks.
0: Yeah, because it it's like some of the lads that I knew were and the girls were just you knew they were special fantastic swimmers and i suppose it's like any sport that's just a tiny percentage at the top make it but a lot of them when they hit 14 or 15 discovered the opposite sex or discovered alcohol that yeah. was it i'm not doing that anymore and a lot of them fell out with their parents big time
1: mm, it's a big thing so I mean, it is it's i think i train 24 hours a week it's a massive thing
0: I mean, one one fell in particular springs to mind. It, it took him years before he found a relationship with his dad again because his dad drove him so hard because he was the coach. And that's yeah. kind of where I'm getting to. Obviously, that didn't happen with you. You're still speaking to your dad. <laughs> no, and do you know what?
1: I was really lucky, and I will hand it to my parents, in yeah. that they'd done it with my brothers. And to do it of again course. with me was... It was my choice, so right. they didn't want to get up early in the morning. <laughs> they oh, didn't want to be driving yeah. to the ball in the evening. They'd done that, yep. but it was me that wanted to do it. They used to. I'm not a morning person, and anyone that's ever worked with me will know I'm not a morning person. You don't <laughs> <laughs> you make conversation I, with me till I, ten a.m. Ha-
0: yes, I have seen you at a few conferences. Like yeah. first thing, yes. yeah, <laughs> it's not,
1: it's not good. But they used to. I used to say I want to go training in the morning, and that was hard for them to get me out of bed. They used to take my duvet off and throw it down the stairs because that's what I'd asked them to do, so that I'd be able to get out of bed and i used to sleep in the car on the six minute drive to the pool and then they used to wake me up at the door and get me out the door then i used to get changed i'd be the last one on the pool side and i don't think i'd wake up until i'd at least done the warm-up i was asleep
0: Brilliant. you said well you know finley my son my youngest i mean i i've found finley sleeping in the shower
1: yeah I standing up
0: standing upright yeah.
1: standing up is a you know, bit of an achievement that's the next level. You know,
0: and he's, you're going. What's going on in there? He's been in twenty minutes, and you open the door, and he's <laughs> just not a morning person either. So I can I can identify with a lot of things you said. You ended up obviously getting your your pool lifeguard exam within two weeks of your birthday before you could even drive. Indeed. How did you get a job?
1: Um, I did the Talk traditional. About that. Can I have a job?
0: Oh, so yeah, it was It was when you could just do that, you didn't have to I think, jump through so many hoops?
1: I mean, I'm scratching the grey matter in my brain at the moment, but I think yeah. I did the course that was funded by the Leisure Centre because okay. they, they needed an intake of staff. People were going off to uni, so it's that that every September, they need a new cohort to come in. So I did my course that was either fully funded or part funded, I can't remember, I'm really sorry, mm-hmm. DC Leisure. Um, um,
0: yeah, what was that? I was yeah. at
1: Hazelmere, which is still, oh,
0: Hazelmere, still yes. going,
1: still my favourite pool to swim in. Really? And I was the first person, <laughs> this sounds really, my ego, scratch my ego. I was the first person it. to swim in that pool. It Where was just, you? When- it, before it opened to the public, because we had to train, so they let us in. There you go. So that
0: was when it was brand new.
1: <laughs> yep, brand, brand new, and now it's not brand, brand new.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. It's kind of all, they've added to it and added other bits to it. I think we were involved with Poolview doing some work, Maybe six or seven years ago, when yeah, there's a big extension built and, out, out yeah. the front or out the sides.
1: Yeah, the pool hasn't changed and it's, it is yeah. a beautiful pool. It's yeah. really well kept and yeah, it's really and it's
0: nice light in it, if I seem to remember right. Like it's good light.
1: Great light for swimmers. Yeah. Yeah. Not so great light for light for us, which is, yeah. I think, why your system's there.
0: You're probably right. That's what I mean. Great light. I love yeah. anywhere that the light <laughs> shits. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Who was your friend that? Managed that for a while. Louise. Louise, that's right. Yeah.
1: Good friend. Hello, Louise, if you're listening. Hello, Louise, yes. Wherever you are
0: in the world. (laughs) Yeah, do a shout out. Yeah, have you got a dedication? Yeah, have you got a dedication there? (laughs) I'd like to play this next song for. (laughs) Hello to all you truckers out there. Right. Okay. Because you jumped, as I thought you would, through about 10 hoops very, very quickly from I got qualified, then I went to uni and blah, blah, blah. But obviously you were still at school when you did that and then you went off to university. So wh- where was that and what were you studying?
1: I went to the University of Bath, um, oh. which for anybody who knows Bath is
0: yes, quite oh, be a snob.
1: It's the one at the top yes. of the hill.
0: Top of the hill. And th- and that was from your hometown, which was Hazelmere then, was it?
1: Uh, I'm on the border, so I'm on not quite a posh Surrey lass. I'm in Hampshire, a okay. so, little village called Lippock.
0: Okay. Hello so, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> so you went to Bath to study psychology. Psychology.
1: And no I can't read your mind. Fortunately, <laughs> I don't want to read yours I, Sometimes
0: I think you can. and was that always an, a, an interest or a passion or was that just cuz that was the easiest one to get into? <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: have you know it was not. Um it was an interest, really. I chose Bath and this this is me all over. <sighs> Because I like the kit colours. (laughs) It was a really hard uni to get into, but I wanted to get the grades because I couldn't make a decision. And I knew when I was swimming, the University of Bath had blue and yellow kit colours, and I really liked blue and yellow. They were my school uniform colours. They were my lucky colours. So I felt that Bath would be a good fit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the best ones I've heard in a long time.
1: Simple thing, me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, why not? I mean, if you can't make up your mind about <laughs> going to, let's say, Glasgow or Nottingham to study psychology, well, bath colours are better.
1: They did the so course did- I wanted as well. Yeah,
0: that's, so, yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know. Well, so you did that and finished university, came out with flying colours. You worked in the university pool, I presume?
1: Yeah, a swimming teacher and lifeguard. And, and went then, back to a bit of swimming and played water polo there as well. So, again, I was in and around the pool all the time. Yeah,
0: yeah. I remember you saying about water polo. So, when you left uni,
1: yes. what,
0: did you go straight into DC?
1: So, oh. I left uni in a woe is me uh, recession.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And my degree took me on a placement year to the prison inspectorate. So, I worked mm-hmm. for the Ministry of Justice, Um which at the time was actually the home office at Huntsplit. So I did a placement year working for the prison inspector and absolutely loved it and thought, this is what I want to go into. So I applied for the Met Police, which is similar but not similar, but thought, this is this is where I want to go. Mm. Um, passed all the tests, got my start date at Hendon. Right. Um, came So in that time, sorry, that was just after uni, and in the period bridging that, which I think was June to October, I went back and I lifeguarded again. Um and swimming tour it's a good filler. Mm-hmm. Then um went travelling, so spent another couple of months away and came back to a letter to say you're on a recruitment freeze because of the recession. Come back again in April and um, we might be able to do something with you. So I landed back in the UK on Christmas Eve. My dad picked me up from the airport and I think we had a chat about you need a job. Mm-hmm. And All right. It's one of those
0: father daughter ones. Uh,
1: yeah, one of those nice. It's time you go out and earn your keep. And uh, so there was a job going at Hazelmere again as a duty manager and I thought I can do this. I can I'm qualified lifeguard, I'm confident mm-hmm. in what I do on the pool side, I can be a duty manager. So I went for the job. And that year, I remember it snowed really heavily. So I applied mm. for the job. The closing date was, I think, Boxing Day, randomly. So over Christmas, I applied, Christmas Day, because I'm mm. that sad. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I know that. I make that myself.
1: Interviewed. And that year, it was really heavy snowfall. So they didn't appoint me till the 18th of January. Don't ask why I remember the date. <laughs> but then I became a duty manager. So I did that to fill in the gap. And then... That was in the January and the April I had a letter from the Met Police to say, we scrapped. You along with Mm -hmm. 2,000 applicants have gone. There's no longer a job for you in the police. So I thought, well, i better get my head down and make a career out of this because I quite enjoy it.
0: Wow. That little turn of events has brought you to where you are today, really. What interests me, what is interesting is that you went from casual lifeguard straight in as a duty manager
1: yeah. I mean, it's not a massive step, I'd say. I'd done three years. No, probably more than that. So my uni, my degree was four years and then two years at college. So i have done six years mm-hmm. under my belt, not full time, obviously, but as a lifeguard. So I had a, a bit of knowledge to take yeah. me uh, forwards to become a doctor. And dear. obviously
0: you knew Hazelmere
1: yeah. also, which would I'd have grown helped you up your way
0: about it. You probably had a set of keys for all the lockers. <laughs>
1: oh i did actually no i did and i've still got them but they've changed the locks
0: <laughs> Was this, that's my locker that end one yeah no, it's funny because robin mitchell had said to me when we were chatting the other day about when he, he did something similar and he got a bit of heat from the other staff who'd all applied for that job
1: wow
0: you know i wondered had you had that experience no Are were you just too thick-skinned and just told them Tough, this is the way it's going to be? No,
1: I think I'd always been around, like a bit of a bad smell. So okay. I'd always come yeah. back through <laughs> through holidays and things like that. So they, I was always in like a peripheral vision. I think yeah. the only thing I got heat for was the amount of times I left during that period and i'm out of leisure i'm not coming back Mm. i'm going to find another career and the amount of leaving cards and gifts i got bought on every occasion i think people started to get a bit peed off (laughs) so you
0: you actually did leave but come back again
1: well yeah i left because i left when i went traveling before i came back to the the letter and i think (laughs) i'd yeah left a few times not in a a heated way at all but i thought no time time to move on but the grass isn't always greener and i quite like leisure
0: (laughs) Yeah, so you basically got four leaving cards and four presents.
1: <laughs> yes, good.
0: Yeah, I have well. a friend of mine, a Kiwi did that, who handed his notice in and he flew back to New Zealand. He left all his money in a telephone box, whatever, you know, listen, that's another story in itself, and came back before his notice had run out and withdrew his resignation. <laughs>
1: It's
0: like, it's like time travelling. After he got a brilliant present and a holiday back home to New Zealand. So you, you're the first person I've come across that's done something similar. I didn't but do it more often.
1: <laughs> Can I That's not why I kept leaving.
0: <laughs> From Hazelmere as the DM, what sort of things did you do to, to get yourself in the position to become a GM then?
1: So I was the duty manager at Hazelmere for about five months before I... Moved to another position, which I'll talk about in a moment. But yeah. it was in—I remember it vividly. So in that time, there was a course advertised to become an AD, so automated external defibrillator. Wow! Um, train not to become an AD. Obviously, that would be weird. Yeah. But to become a yep. an AD trainer, and I got put forward for it as as kind of this will keep her going. Just give her this course. It's only a day. This will shut her up, sort of yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not that very cool. And it was at Braintree Leisure Centre. Yes. So I traveled down there, which is in, that's in Essex, isn't it? My job is. Yeah, I've been to it.
0: It's it's one of those pools with more glass than you've ever seen in your life.
1: Yes. And it has to have like a spare lifeguard if the sun's too Yeah, Three
0: lifeguards on the 25 metre pool. It's brilliant. I love it.
1: Yeah. So (laughs) I turned up there. And when I got there, everyone else was a TA. An experienced TA and and known for for their TAing. Yeah, it was being run by Joe Talbot, you've mentioned okay. already. Yes, Alex Blackwell and yep. Dr Hanley, who are three Hall of Fame names, really.
0: Yep, Dr Hanley is the guy that works for British Airways as well, isn't he? He he consults with British Airways. I'm pretty sure. Andy Reid was talking to me about this because there's a lot of synergy keeps coming back about AEDs.
1: Yeah, yeah and well they were the starting point they were the launch pad in my career was yeah. this course um, but they're well, much I, I find more important that really than interesting. i really enjoyed it i remember doing the course and thinking i can do this mm-hmm. i i can stand in front of people and i can talk and i'd never felt that before i remember at uni having to give a presentation on my dissertation for mm-hmm. in to five people for 10 minutes and Nightmare. i shook and I was sweating, and I was yeah. fumbling over my words, and i I just wanted the the world to swallow me up. I hated it, but then it was a different feeling on an a d yeah. course where I felt comfortable in that environment, the people I was presenting to I knew the the topic it was easy yeah. it was easier for me to grasp than mm-hmm. things at uni and <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
1: um, so I really really enjoyed it and then after that it was Joe that said to me, "You should go on a TA course." Mm-hmm. So I went away with a lot of confidence, yeah. and then I went and did my TA course, not long after that actually, which was another experience and really enjoyed it, same mm. thing, um, and then I became a qualified TA, and before I'd finished, yeah, before I'd done my probationary course and assessment and everything, I moved, so another opportunity came up, and I moved to another leisure centre called Farnham Leisure Centre in the same contract. Mm-hmm. so senior dm position came up and i went for it i got it so i moved there and that's where i did my probationary trainer assessor course and became a fully fledged ta
0: just for my own information once once you're a ta what's the next step up from that
1: so then you can become a mentor right which is helping new and Other existing TAs. yeah probationary ta's Mm-hmm. Um, more often than not become full, fully fledged TAs, supporting them. And then after that, you can become a national trainer assessor.
0: That's the one I was looking at.
1: Which I now am, fortunately. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: I, I kind of knew you would be. Just so, blow my own trumpet. <laughs> yeah, well, you have to because nobody else will. Yeah, so the catalyst for you was being in the same room as a lot of people who kind of, you, you thought I can do that and also got inspired slightly.
1: Yeah, Definitely. Um,
0: and that's taken you down this road of uh, to life, a lifeguard training expert.
1: I think what gave me some form of success in it is that I I like to follow rules. I don't like to break them, as anyone <laughs> who's ever worked with me knows. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted things to be done to the best standard. So I asked questions. I didn't keep things to myself and make it up as I went along. I, I got myself noticed in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, not intentionally, just wanting to do things right and do things the best I could so that that put me on a a trainer assessor path which inevitably helped my career definitely
0: and from Farnham then was your next step straight into GM
1: yeah you you
0: skipped ops completely really
1: yeah a little interesting fact about me is I've never been an ops manager (laughs) Yeah, well rightly or wrongly
0: because ops managers have nearly become GMs now haven't they
1: Mm. Yeah, the roles you, changed you, a lot. The roles a lot. changed
0: a, an awful lot. Uh, where back in the day, you know, you went to the GM. The GM knew everything. And then, let's say in the last six, seven years, the GM is a spreadsheet, accounts, KPI person, and the ops manager is the person who knows where the AEDs kept.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: I'm only using that for a laugh, but you know what I mean. It 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 has. It's it's an interesting change and dilution of a lot of rules at the minute that I've seen from the outside looking in. Whenever you started as GM, that was at Aldershot, yeah?
1: It was, yeah, at Aldershot, which I remember going for my interview. And obviously Aldershot is, for anybody who doesn't know it, which if you don't know it, why don't you know it? Um, it's still probably my favourite pool to ever manage, dare I say that, the other pools I've managed. Of course but, you can, yeah. It is an indoor pool with a small gym, teacher pool, main pool, small gym in the winter. So it looks very calm and quaint and it's, it's quite old now, but it, it looks just like a, a simple mix. But then come the summer, you open yeah. the Beast of a Lido, yeah. which I remember in my interview, the two people who interviewed me, who I've since worked under in different capacities. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Pete Lee Moore and Duncan McKay. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They, I remember them in my interview saying it's not about the insight. Well, it is, but they looked out the window and they said, that's what scares us. That's yeah. We need someone who's got a strong handle on training and understanding swimming pools and how they work. And I said, that's fine. That's me. That's what I want to do. So yeah, come the summer, it's a completely different beast. And I think I earned my stripes in a lot of ways, not not in terms of um, my reputation, but in terms of my own learning in uh-huh. managing a Lido. It's different. Very, very different.
0: Just thinking back on Aldershot, that, from what I remember about it, it's quite a dark pool. There's not a lot of windows in it. Is that right?
1: Yeah. We're going indoor, yeah. yeah. Obviously, there's lots yeah, of windows indoor, out there. Indoor, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you, you go from this quite a dark enclosed swimming pool and then... Once you've learned to find your way around how to actually get outside, you know, I was laying little bits of bread to find my way back. (laughs) It it is a warren. And this thing bursts open on you. And it's, it's, I'd never seen a Lido in my life, you know, because we don't have any in in Ireland that I'm aware of. And that was the very first one I ever saw in my whole life. And I could not believe it. It was just bloody enormous.
1: It's huge, how it's you, how not. How do you manage that? It's not traditional either. It's not. Oh, it's all sorts it's of not weird lanes shapes, that Or anything. One. It's it's got a bit of a dive pit. It's got slides. It's got a water fountain. It's got blind spots everywhere. I remember the prep of it alone is incredible. So to prep it, it's obviously got to be drained, painted, or drained, cleaned, painted. Uh, chemicals bought we're on chlorine gas as well, which isn't an an easy chemical to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Um it's also a challenge. Yes. Uh, And the plant room, which if they ever decommission that plant room, they should just make it into a museum. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. So Victorian. (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Um at its youngest. And I remember that was that had all been done. The the team and I had got together and that that was ready to go and before i think it's the day it opens on the first of no it opens in may half term and the mm-hmm. night before it's about to open i remember sitting in one of the corners just off of the pool and looking at it i've still got the picture actually and it comes up as a memory every year looking oh, right. at it and thinking what have i done oh, yeah. <laughs> what is this it's a beast an absolute you, beast
0: you'd need to have some serious trust in your staff mm. in that place that, and have them well-drilled, which obviously you did.
1: Do you know what? The, the, I'm not going to blow anyone's trumpet because I've worked for, with a lot of fantastic lifeguards, but hands down, the best lifeguarding team I've ever worked with are at that Lido because mm. they deal with stuff day in, day out. They're not complacent. I'm not saying other lifeguards are at all yeah. in, in any way, but they can't afford to blink for too long. They, it, it's It's relentless, and it's not just your standard things you're dealing with you're dealing with anything i think the team really came to their own when i was about to be pulled into the pool and (laughs) threatened by people it's it's incredible absolutely incredible
0: because i suppose you've people sneaking alcohol in oh yeah you've got food and you've got wasps and all you just get everything that the outdoor elements can throw out yeah i remember having a bee's
1: nest removed um we had security on as well. That was always interesting. And that's that's just dealing with day to day. That's not dealing with any accidents, incidents, emergencies, anything like that. That is just day to day. It's relentless.
0: It's probably nearly worse than lifeguarding on a beach. I know on a beach you've got your, your flags and you can lifeguard in between them, but that place is just nooks and crannies, isn't it? I mean it's somebody just decided I'm gonna make something with a load of triangles here.
1: I'm going to drill a hole in the ground and fill it with yeah. water. Uh-huh, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, lifeguard's obviously enjoyed that experience, though.
1: Yeah, I think they enjoyed it because of the team. Because it would
0: never be the same. No, something different every day.
1: Yeah, the lights
0: different, the weather's different, the people coming are different.
1: And you, you have to be a team as well. There's no yeah, individual because you there. can't do it in your own. No, can't. At so all.
0: communication skills.
1: And everybody pulls their weight because everybody's in the same boat. Come the end of the yeah. summer, everyone's tired, and yeah, everybody understands. Ready for the party? And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we never had them, Robin. No, no, no. not at
0: all. No, not no after-hours parties, anything like that no. at all. That must that that was a big educational experience for you. That's roughly around the time when I met you. Yeah. Um, was it on to Godalming then? Is that was that next?
1: No. 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 So what have I missed? I w- the Lido was. Did you go
0: off grid again? Did you? Did no, you maybe no, no. go stayed, to Italy for? I stayed on grid.
1: <laughs> I, stayed, I had another opportunity that came my way. So, the Lido was a, a massive jump for me. Obviously, mm-hmm. senior DM to GM. As it looks on paper, it's not. Yeah. It's probably not as big as that seems. But then I I'd been there nine months. So I'd done. I started in the February and I finished. Over nine months is later October time. Mm. I didn't finish, but I had. a an opportunity come my way there was a bit of a restructure in terms of people going out to business development this that and the other and the lido had obviously shut down for the summer so i got offered a i think it was a six months secondment at the time to uh arena Trying to remember the name arena oh yeah. <laughs> it's not because i can't remember the name can i say it? it's because yep. it's changing its name because it's just being yeah. rebuilt so um so yeah to arena for six months to cover Is a manager. It yeah yeah It's being rebuilt at the moment, so... Yeah, and arena. have kept
0: going into there.
1: Of course you do, of course you do. Yeah. (laughs) And Arena was the same footprint as Farnham, so it felt quite familiar. Ah, okay. But obviously going as a GM there, that that was probably the most looming GM role and kind of, not fearful, but there was a lot of reputation with GMs that had been through Arena. It was very close to... um, it was places leisure then no no it's dc leisure at the time it was, DC, it, yeah. for, it's very close to their head office and it had been one okay, of the oldest yes. sites in in their portfolio and it was very it was well known so yeah, it
0: was to, prestigious had a bit of a a bit of a reputation to uphold i presume
1: yeah and there was a spotlight definitely yeah so spotlight
0: was the word i was looking at because it was dead easy for the, the ceo just to uh, nip it, in and have it, a wee yeah, yeah. look around.
1: <laughs> yeah that happened
0: yeah i bet you it did
1: so that was that was a test that was a test really of my balls not that i have balls but, yeah. test, but i know what you
0: mean yeah your resilience a, a test and all of Test courage
1: of it. really to go in there yeah. and it's a really Character. long yeah. established team as well mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah i did that and then um
0: so you had to go in and rattle the bars a little bit
1: no it'd been i will say it had been well managed before yeah uh there's a lot of history there mm-hmm. oh there was it's it's been pulled down now yeah um and like I said, long established teams. So people who'd, mm-hmm. and managers tend to stay, stick around as well. So people were used to their ways of doing things. And obviously I walk in, I'm like, oh, so we're going to do it this yeah. way now. <laughs> yeah. But you're only here yeah. for six months. Why are you telling us yeah. that? Yeah. Um, and a few, there was a few lessons learned there as well. We had a, um, some incidents, not poolside incidents, but some mm-hmm. other incidents, which um, will probably stay with me for a while. Mm-hmm. And I um I enjoyed it I did enjoy it I learned a lot again a different team a different setting um and yeah a different set of accounts yeah so
0: do you, is that part of was that part of the love of what you did was this whole thing about developing new teams
1: I loved I love learning from teams mm. and I think I've worked with a lot of teams and seen how different people work and I've learned a lot from them but I also, I liked making a difference um, Mm -hmm. and I still do. I like to go in and see, is there anything I can add? Can I add any value to this part of the business in any way? I don't want to, I've never have wanted to go in and destroy it or or tear anything Mm -hmm. down. It's, it's what can I add? And yeah, training and teamwork and things like that are my, my bag really.
0: you, You certainly don't come across as the type of person who goes in and goes, right. This is the way they all used to do it this way now we're going to do it this way because it's my way the highway it's obviously an analysis of of just what works and what doesn't work and and i like what you said what can i add to make this better or improve it
1: yeah yeah and it's much about the team as it is about yourself it's Mm -hmm. you you learn from them as hopefully they learn from you so
0: and and bringing the differences out in them, and maybe bringing others forward. That maybe from, I suppose it's like a football manager or any sort of sports manager that the different man management styles and skills can bring out different attributes from different people at different times. Yeah, you know, that that. And I, think I always think
1: leisure is a bit like that. It is a bit like a mm. team because. There are days when the chips are down. There's days when incidents happen and you have no choice but to pull together as a team. So you, you learn those lessons quite quickly and under the spotlight. And I mm-hmm. think it, it's, you've talked about things like being an emergency service and lifeguards to an extent are, they're not an emergency service in that capacity, but yep. they do. When you've got a team that needs to respond to certain incidents in your building they become like that and you become very close very quickly knowing each other's Mm -hmm. strengths and weaknesses
0: funny you should say that because i was actually thinking about that today about another one of these that i'll be doing and it was i was thinking back to my school days and you know three of my best mates one ended up very high up in the fire service one of them ended up fairly high-ranking officer in the the army and i ended up a lifeguard (laughs) But the point being is, in in a strange way, everyone there was <clears throat> the best way to describe us all was first responders. You know, it do, okay as you say, it's you can take it to extremes about the, the level of incidences, etc. But lifeguards are. As important as the pharma, they're the people dealing with it as it happens in front of you, and you know that slide I always talk about. A Gary's lifeguards are the only first responder that doesn't get a warning of what something's yeah. going to happen. Really, yes, yeah, so true. You know, it's just bang, and you're into it, and it's like, what the bloody hell was that on? And it's you, your sully factor.
1: <laughs> oh, you give me credit for it I always give well you credit done. for it Not, Well done, taken six yeah, years this is pro-
0: Yeah, it's probably the first time in public But, uh, you know, when I'm doing a, a, my presentations I always say it was you Because I'm, unless somebody's recording it When I say it's all mine Thanks But it is, it's, it's brilliant It you know, describes it really well So you've gone
1: i'm going to godalming now in my story yeah all
0: right okay so that's where you that's next
1: (laughs) i went to godalming leisure center as it was being built really as it was being finished in the in the final weeks and the run-up to opening yeah
0: summer of 2012
1: indeed the olympics yeah i remember it i remember it because i fell asleep watching the olympic ceremony on a cafe table (laughs) before the center was open
0: yeah, it was, I, I seem to remember being there one extremely hot day in July.
1: That's where we, we met before that, but that's where we really first spoke for any length of time. That's,
0: that's very true. That's kind of where we kind of got into each other's psyche a little bit. Well, you certainly get into my psyche. Did you guys call it the Rising Stars program?
1: Oh, there's another interesting fact about me. So I've never been yeah. an ops manager and I never went on the Rising Stars program either. You didn't? No. So it was the year I went through these transitions, and that sounds a bit weird, mm-hmm. but the year I became yeah. uh, a general manager and so on was the year they didn't run it. The company didn't run it right. um, for various reasons, but yeah, it didn't run, so I never did it.
0: Well, you were always a rising star in my <laughs> mind anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Robin. <laughs> oh, no, but listen—you know yourself. When you go around places, and you do that in your job now, and and you you did in your in your roles with Places Leisure. Although it wasn't Places Leisure when you left, was it? But anyway, you go around and you spot people. You know, you you, you spot who are the good ones—the ones that <laughs> you think have got potential and go places. You must see that in every site you go to.
1: Yeah. Yeah do
0: you know because you see yourself and other people as in a little spark of something you know that little bit of drive and it can be sometimes as daft as somebody turning around and going picking up a bit of litter
1: that's not daft that's a that's a principle of being a manager
0: (laughs) but yeah but uh, what I mean is when you've got two lifeguards walking down the road and one actually stops and picks up that bit of litter yeah you know you're dealing with someone who's a little bit different than you're yeah, normal. it's true
1: i find myself almost holding my breath as well to think i hope they make it because yep. someone like that you think you could and it is like you say a snapshot of them yep. but they've they've got something that really could take them far in leisure
0: i think that's what i love about what i'm trying to do with these podcasts as well is it's about the the journey that people have from being as a lot of people would see being a lifeguard is like a dead end job Nah. You no, know, I'm only a lifeguard. You know, you, you hear that from a lot lot of people outside of the industry. Nah. Whereas lifeguarding, particularly with the NPLQ etc., hopefully it, it's raised the status and of it etc. It's it's a good job, and I love just seeing the people actually take it on board and then move that journey forward into all these different fields and the, the different adventures they have from just starting as a humble lifeguard and getting those little daft little skills about how to talk to somebody
1: yeah i wish (gasps) oh sorry sorry. (laughs) okay that's the dog
0: that's the dog
1: um i just wish lifeguarding was viewed and i think like you say that there's an element that's getting better in terms of almost respect but i just Mm. wish the way i viewed lifeguarding when i was 15 and i know i sound sad and keen and everything Mm. but i really the status of being a lifeguard I really wanted to be and I just wish it was that was a more common view of lifeguarding Mm -hmm. that credit where credit's due it's it's a tough job it's not an easy job at all
0: anybody who sat in the chair I I respect because it is a tough job
1: Mm, massively and it's probably tougher today than it ever has been
0: well there's certainly more of a focus on you more of a microscope you know some of the stories and I think you know we could have a brilliant chat someday two or three of us about the horror stuff that we used to do and get away with.
1: I've saved that. I've not, I've polished my halo in this podcast. Well, yeah, but you'd be
0: completely frowned upon. You know, we worked hard and we played hard. The job changed me in that it gave me the confidence to go out and converse with people much better than I'd ever learned at university. You know, I I mean, I did teaching practice and I I was petrified standing in front of a class of kids. Mm -hmm. Absolutely petrified. And then you go into a swimming pool and all of a sudden you're responsible for for people and their safety and and that whole responsibility thing I think brings you brings you on a different journey and makes you realize that why you're here and what you want to do it's it's the lifeguards who don't take that seriously but again the the job nowadays with you know you're involved in the videos we've done how quickly you know the shit hits the fan mm-hmm. and it is no wonder kids just said, you know I don't want part of that I want to go and work in littles."
1: Yeah, I get it. I totally get yeah. it. And I think if I'd known the full reality of what I was doing, I think there's a bit of naivety when you start lifeguarding. And mm-hmm. I, to a point I don't think that's a bad thing. Because yeah. if if everybody a thought weakness. Yeah, if you actually knew and thought about what you're up against and what might happen. Mm-hmm. It's like anything, isn't it? If you worry yeah. about something and, and Google your life away about yeah. what could happen, then yeah. you'd never do it. You'd never get out of bed in the morning. So there needs uh, to be uh, that to an extent and it is
0: it is such a rare thing that things go badly wrong yeah because the training is so good
1: yeah They're, on the flip side of it there is that there's that balance isn't there to complacency yeah, yeah, but i yeah. know now where i have because i am still a qualified lifeguard mm, um yeah. <laughs> where on the few occasions not many at all where i've I've had to lifeguard in certain capacities in the last probably five years. Mm-hmm. I'm a nightmare because I don't do it all every day, and I know the ins and outs, and I know what could happen, and I think of the worst, and I, I'm a nervous wreck lifeguarding a pool.
0: I was, yes, I was going to ask you. Are you more nervous?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't do it regularly, so I really can't take. Yeah credit for it in any way but um on the few occasions i have even even when my nieces are in swimming lessons or anything like that Mm. i'm watching the whole time and even as a swimming teacher which i i still am in a in a context and i still do teach uh, because you know what could happen you yeah there's no going back from that
0: (laughs) no no yeah sometimes ignorance is bliss
1: yeah to an extent but it is a balance it definitely is a balance
0: from godalming you jacked it all in
1: well i spent i spent 18 months at godoming which for me was yeah. that was quite a while yeah that's,
0: that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a or long sit for you
1: no i spent two years at godoming i think um anyway godoming was doing well mm-hmm. uh had a great team and uh many of whom i'm still friends with now it was it was good again a di- completely different experience loved mm-hmm. it for what it was it was completely different and then you're right i did jack it in to an extent, yeah, you got bored. Oh, well, I didn't I didn't get bored. I just was ready for my next yeah, challenge. challenge. Godoming was open. It was doing yeah. what it should be doing. It wasn't perfect, but the the books were balanced and yeah. the team was the there. The buzz had gone, I would say. Yeah. The buzz I, had gone. I like the fight. I like the struggle a little bit. Yeah. Um so then a position came up as a group lifeguard manager for mm. uh One Life. One Life. Time. Yeah. So I went for that. Um and as you mentioned Keith Seish before, Keith Seish yeah. and Trisha, who was their head of health and safety, Trisha Lewis, who is now a great That's friend. Right. Yes. Um, I I got the job there. So mm-hmm. I started there and was a lifeguard group lifeguard manager for two years. Another two years, two years That would have been
0: challenging times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there was an incident, um, won't go into all the details of it but obviously there there was an incident um before one life rebranded as one life Mm -hmm. um involving a swimming pool so there was a a need or a desire to up the standards of lifeguarding and Mm -hmm. um systems and processes within the company and the company stretched from newcastle down Mm -hmm. to devon and yeah huge footprint
0: hasn't it and not a lot of (laughs) sites
1: no so uh, there was there was a few at the time. I think mm. it was about 60 when I was there. So yeah. the, the spread, but it was all over the country. So yeah,
0: absolutely. It, I remember geographically, it was massive.
1: Yeah, massive new challenge. So it was good. It was good. Yeah.
0: And then it was back to places again. No.
1: Yeah. Then yeah. I came back. So then I came back as a contract manager in That's East right, Yes.
0: That's where it was. I couldn't remember. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And not. Not, I didn't really. I didn't leave one life because I didn't want to be there. I didn't mm. enjoy the job. the The travel at the time was yeah. a lot, um a lot.
0: You're either, you're either good to do that, or you're good, or you're not good to do it. I think it's either in you, or it's not, and because it's a bitch being on the road all the time.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it. Don't be wrong. But again, I, I, I felt personally, and this is my my ego being straight mm. again. That yeah. it had got to a level where it was, it was a lot better than yeah. when I'd gone in. So I almost felt like my part in that challenge in that yep. uphill struggle was coming to an end as i saw it. Um it's time
0: to pass the baton on to somebody else.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't perfect, but it was mm. in terms of my skill set, it was what i what i went in to do. i'd done. So And then
0: you landed that Hell Hole, up <laughs> <than> the <laughs> No, no. I'm not saying it's a Hell Hole. No, East, but it's a scary place.
1: Oh, no, East Hans was Oh, East was first yeah, before that. So as East Hants for how long was i there? just over a year and then unfortunately we lost the contract mm. um and i moved over uh, right. yep. as a contract manager to mobilize
0: i remember test valley
1: which yeah this, that came with but, its challenges
0: <laughs> Yeah, it, it's the, there's a few pools around the country that i've been to and you know i've been to quite a lot and that is one of the scary scary ones mm-hmm. there's a few that when you walk into you, you go oh my God, imagine looking after this. And that was one of them.
1: I think it was scary on every level as well. There was no measure that was where it should be. So structurally the the pool, the shape of the pool, the the staffing of the pool, not not anybody in, in particular, but I'm not offending anybody, but nothing clicked.
0: The culture?
1: It, nothing clicked the way it, it should have done. There was there was no point of the jigsaw that was in the right place. <sighs> Um, so that was hard there was there was nothing that felt like it was established
0: and and it didn't help that it's probably the only pool in the country that has been designed to put gallons and thousands and billions of bubbles into it
1: (laughs) yeah that was good for your cameras wasn't it it's
0: good well (laughs) never mind cameras (laughs) just lifeguards I mean it's like looking into it was like looking into a glass of Andrew's liver salts (laughs) if (laughs) you know what that is or Alka-Seltzer
1: yeah crazy I I mean if I ever met the architect that yeah. designed that—I'd love to take him out for a drink and yeah. really understand what was going through their mind.
0: <laughs> Find out what drugs he was on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I want some. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's, there's been a few pills with that, and that was one of them. You know, and there's the one. The, yeah, there's a there's that one. Um, I'll listen. I'm probably better not mentioning them, but that's that's. I've managed so a few of them. Put, tarot, yeah. Tarot was a scary one too. Yes, that was interesting.
1: Um, there's a few mainly leisure pools leisure pools yeah, just
0: leisure pools yeah yeah the, the, the one that always the other one that always jumps out at me is Aylesbury aquaville, um, which has a a tunnel from one pool into the other that goes below the main corridor in the leisure center
1: brilliant that's and
0: you go what, what was what were they thinking there, please <laughs>
1: Don't don't so, get me started on the architect rank. No,
0: no, no. We better not. Ran we better not. Cause will them rank? I, I can. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've got a few of those. You. How did you end up in right directions? Was that following another round the world trip?
1: <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I did when I moved over to Mobilise Test Valley. Yeah. Do you know what? If I if East Hans if the contract hadn't gone and and the way things had mm. gone, I probably would still be there. I enjoyed it. Okay. Loved it. Yep. Loved the team. Again. The the balance, the dynamic was mm-hmm. great, um, but obviously that didn't happen. So I mm-hmm. moved over to um, Test Valley, and when I moved over, um, quite soon on, I, I said to my boss, I said, look, I want to do this for nine months, of which I turned mm-hmm. around and said, I'm not, I'm I'm not pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a nine-month yeah. time frame in my mind yeah. that um, that my husband's contract was coming to an end. Mm. Um, in nine months so we decided to to do it work hard for those nine months Mm -hmm. get our head down do the best we could do and then we packed up our house rented it out and went traveling for four months Mm. around the world because we could and you
0: could I remember you doing that and I went good on you
1: yeah I think it's
0: the time to do it
1: I think things snowball and certainly mobilizing test valley again I learned a lot of lessons and the work-life balance where i said we worked hard we worked hard to get the job done and we mm. just wanted to restrike that back um yeah. i'm not gonna get all emotional and anything yeah. like that it was it was just the right time to go and yeah. do something different and refresh ourselves so we mm. did
0: yeah, i remember when you did it and i thought to myself y- you this is you're either never going to come back or you'll come <laughs> back quite changed with um not not a different set of values but maybe a different understanding of you know striking that balance between work and play
1: yeah and i think i'd always been hungry and like you said at the start ambitious and i i wanted i didn't necessarily want to climb a ladder i just fed off of new experiences and adventures and challenges and Mm -hmm. it gets to a point where you you don't want that anymore you don't want Mm -hmm. the fight yeah or you've you've lost the the passion for the fight. So it was really to go away and, yeah, think about what, what we did want to do. Yeah.
0: And so you came home and joined up with Right Directions. No? no. Where do we go to next? <laughs> I, I see it. This is why I'm asking you the questions.
1: So I came back and for the first four and a half months that I was back, I worked as a st- contractor I guess for IQL. Mm. So I did some work on um yeah. and and other people as well. Your mate mm. Mitch. Yeah Mitch. And my mate Mitch. Hi Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> love all these shout outs. Um yep. yeah so I and and some other people as well. So I did a, a little bit of consulting if you like yep. um on some qualifications, training, things like risk assessments, um, pool management, bits and pieces, and loved it. Really, really loved it. Mm-hmm. but wasn't ready to take the jump on my own okay. and also missed being part of a team Yeah, and felt I still had a lot more to, to learn in the industry mm-hmm. outside of kind of the four walls yeah. of the operators that I'd been part of. So um, an opportunity came my way through quest assessing and mystery visiting.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and- no, it's,
0: another, it's another thing that keeps coming into conversations is quest. And the effect that that has on people within the industry about changing the direction or bringing them in a certain direction.
1: Quest is an accreditation. It's a mark of high standards. Mm -hmm. So I think, again, you get noticed if you've got those high standards through it. And like you said about walking into leisure centres and seeing Mm -hmm. other people and being able to offer advice or have you tried this? Or as There's a lot of people that have had a massive impact on the industry through doing that, Quest Assessors, Mm -hmm. and, and vice versa. That's how the industry flourishes and develops. So...
0: It, it's david Monkhouse said to me whenever before he sat out in his own uh, when he was a contracts manager manager whatever but he was a quest assessor and he used to go to all these sites and go oh i like that i'm gonna nick that <laughs> and he brought stuff back all the time
1: see i i was never a quest assessor when i was an operator so i never had the opportunity ah, to do that
0: right okay
1: but i i was hand on heart i was terrified of quest Mm-hmm. I w- I'll do the sales pitch for Quest now, everyone. I was yeah. terrified of it because I thought it was a beating stick, which is, is not how it's marketed. And it's mm-hmm. sometimes how the perception of Quest gets out of hand um, within the industry and not through anyone's fault. It's mm-hmm. just, it, it, it's a score, isn't it? And I'm competitive. So that yeah. that's why it becomes that. But having been on the other side of it, I see its true value and that it's not like that at all. The aim mm-hmm. is to make the industry a better place for everyone. Yep. So, so yeah. So, through Quest, I then that sort of snowballed a little bit. I started mm-hmm. as a Quest assessor and ended up as a head of training. Yeah. For Right Directions, <laughs> um, which I've been with for just over two years now. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah! It's <laughs>
1: Don't worry.
0: <laughs> Don't say anything.
1: No, and I'm very happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but you still have done a geographical.
1: In what way? As
0: in, you've moved country. You're in now. Nether- oh, yeah. The Netherlands.
1: Yeah, I felt like a new change. Two years. <laughs> yeah, I yeah,
0: just yeah, going to go. sit somewhere else. It's it's actually really interesting to hear your story because <gasps> I know you're laughing, but it, it's it's the journey of of that lifeguard to where you are now and. And from what we've discussed and what we've been chatting about t- to uh, this session is leading me on to a whole pile of other stuff because we've kind of got the the nitty gritty out of the way. Because I really want to get involved and in chatting to you about lifeguards and lifeguard training, and and you know there's a whole pile of stuff to talk about, and you've got such experience. <laughs>
1: Um, A lot of which, I have to say, has been ignited by you because you put questions and challenges in my path about lifeguarding (laughs) and things like that that really get me thinking. So
0: Well, well, uh, good, because that's, in the same token, I mean, I'm challenged daily by what goes on out there in the real world. It's all very well for me sitting in my ivory tower going, oh, this is what the lifeguards need, or this is what they don't need, or how can we use technology to make the jobs better? You know, you still come out with some of the great lines. You know, this sounds like a, <laughs> a, an appreciation society, but like lifeguards <sighs> haven't had another tool to help them, you know, imagine a CEO not having anything except a pencil all these years. Yeah, I use that line, Sully, etc. As I said to, I was talking to Gary Johnson in Australia. i um, I was explaining to him, it's all very well, I, I know certain stuff and I can use the, the little knowledge I have to try and make technology better for lifeguards. But where I'm rubbish is, is what happens after you get them out. And I think there's a whole pile of stuff we can talk about there. But it is actually about digging in about how we can make a lifeguards job more enjoyable and safer mm-hmm. for, for them and the public as well. Yeah. So I, I I know there's, tons of stuff that we can like gary and i talked about pocket masks for 40 minutes wow
1: that was and
0: fun And well, it, well, it was because it opened d- different doors and you, you know I, I want to get you involved in those sort of things and, and and chatting about that so i think there's there's more life in 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 this old dog yet <laughs>
1: who's and, the old and one, I hope, me or you?
0: yeah well me and uh so i hope you've enjoyed this you I know, have. J- as a as a little lead in i mean it's just like sitting over a cup of coffee having a chat Date,
1: and we didn't go into up. that
0: much detail so yeah mm-hmm. so listen it's um lovely talking to you
1: thanks for having me
0: thank you for agreeing to join me i know it took me a long time to get i think to i was part bullied if i'm honest yeah well that. yeah <laughs> i kind of thought we would have to bully you a little bit but now There's you've, no you've
1: started they say. So yeah,
0: no. <laughs> now you've started, there'll be no stopping. Yeah. And we'll uh, we'll think of the next topic to to, to get a chat about. But listen, uh, have a great Christmas as best you can under the circumstances. Thank you, Angie. and uh, have a safe one. And hopefully, the new year will bring bring us all back together and new opportunities.
1: Indeed, indeed. Thank you. All right, Helen. take, you take care.
0: care. All the best. Bye. Bye. Bye.